Hi, this is Jake, and I am coming to you from my place because I'm recording by myself because I thought we had To The Republic as backlogged, and turns out we did not. Well, that's not true. I did have one, but I thought, you know what, our loyal listeners, you guys the best listeners um whoever you are are deserve much more than having to hear me rehash uh old outdated washington state primary stuff and how i thought that joe kent was going to win the third legislative district when in fact he did not so yay us if you're listening, you probably know that uh, Jeff and I are not a big fan of Joe Kent. So it was pretty good that he lost. So thank you to all who voted for Marie Glusenkamp Perez. Anywho, um, Jeff is very sick. Uh, very, very sick. He actually sent me a picture of him uh, today while we were both working. He was teleworking which is one thing that both he and I, uh, one thing that's great about his job and my job, because we work at the same place, is that uh, we have teleworking capability. So when you're feeling really under the weather and uh, why risk getting the rest of the office sick just because just to have somebody physically sitting in their cubicle, uh, you work from, you can work from home and uh, just get and get just as much done if not more, being able to work from your own, the comfort of your own couch where you can get all cozy and you got your snacks and uh, yeah, you don't get everybody else around you sick. So good on Jeff for being a good citizen and knowing when to stay home because some people don't. I worked at my old, at my last job well, maybe it's just because of the private sector and you're, I mean, I don't know, maybe the expectation is, is that you, you do go into work. I always worked sick when I was at Fisherman's. I've taken more sick days, uh, at this job. Uh, have I though? I mean, I have taken a few sick days. Most of the days I've taken have been because of, uh, the potato, uh, my son Wells, uh, who I'm going to get to here in a little bit, um, give you guys some updates. Um, anyway, so yeah, um, it's nice being able to have flexibility and have a work that allows you that flexibility. So, uh, with that, um, Jeff and I, I didn't want to record at his place cause I'm not, I mean, I don't want to get sick obviously, but I don't want to get sick and then pass it on to Wells. Who's, uh, four months and doesn't really have much of an immune system right now. It just seems like everybody's sick right now. Uh, just, just awful. Um, I, I think everybody who has a kid who's in daycare, uh, is sick at this point uh anyway um so trying to stay away from that because i do not want what jeff has i don't think anybody wants what jeff has jeff i know you're going to listen to this and i hope you're not offended but oh my god that picture you sent me i don't want any anything anything (laughs) that uh, makes me look that rough so um everybody believe me when i say Jeff is out of the weather, but we're all praying for a quick recovery 
because we have a Blazer game. Him and I have a Blazer game to go to this Saturday because it's my birthday. And Jeff was, uh, Jeff really came through. He got me some, he got me Blazer tickets. We're going to go to the Blazer game, watch the Blazers play the Utah Yaz. And uh, he also got me a, um, a uh, external storage device for my ancient Xbox. Uh, everybody has moved on to the Xbox Series X, but I am still rocking the original first-generation Xbox One because I'm Poe, and I choose to spend my money on other things. Anyway, but I really need to get the new Xbox. Anyway, enough rambling. So I was like, I last second I logged on to my computer literally about 15 minutes ago. It's now 11 o'clock on Thursday, and I'm like, what on earth are we gonna? Am I gonna talk about? I well, I logged. I got on my computer. I was gonna upload to the Republic, and I realized, holy shit, uh, I have posted old. I've tried. I have passed off old to the Republic episodes for months now as new episodes because I just can't get myself around to I can't get myself in the headspace to record to the public by myself this is much easier to record by yourself I mean although it's not easy it's it is hard to sit here you look like a you you get really self-conscious because you're you're like I talk with my hands a lot so I realize like if anybody were to see me right now like I it looks like I'm literally just talking to myself and waving my hands around like a crazy person um, like the people I see in downtown Portland every day, but to the Republic is just a whole other beast by yourself. And even though like I'll probably go longer than a to the Republic episode, which has to be strictly 58 minutes, uh, with ads. Um, it's just, uh, I mean, it's just a completely different format. It's so hard to, to record by yourself and it's really hard to get myself motivated to do it. Anywho. Um, and it turns out I didn't have anything that was that was either I didn't have anything that was either one that was you could listen to because it had current information or information that wasn't like dated. So um, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna sit down. I'm gonna get myself some hot cocoa. I had just bought some Swiss Miss milk chocolate, uh, f- milk chocolate flavored. I was hoping they had peppermint, but. The Fred Meyer by my house didn't have it. That was frustrating. I had a bad experience with hot chocolate. I went to Target. And I had the diff I, I was like, you know, Swiss Miss they had for like a dollar ninety nine a box. And I was like, you know, Swiss Miss is always like solid, right? It's no I don't think it's not it's not a bad hot chocolate, right? But then there was this box from like that Target had and it was five fifty. And I was like, you know, I would imagine hot chocolate has to be one of those things that you get what you pay for, right? Like you spend $5.50 on a box of hot chocolate. That's going to be some damn good hot chocolate. And it was peppermint flavored and they didn't have the peppermint Swiss Miss. So I was like, you know what? I want peppermint hot chocolate. So I bought that. I had not only did I buy one box, but Kylie, who was with me, she was like, we're going to get two boxes. Because it's cold, right? It's cold as balls right now. So we bought the two boxes, got home. I swear to God, dude, you couldn't, it didn't, one, it didn't take, I, I drank probably four or five cups of that. Not once did I get any sort of hint of peppermint, false advertising, but it was, it was honestly, it was shit hot cocoa. The cheap ass, like Swiss Miss, way better. And I'm sure there is really high quality hot chocolate out there, but I'm telling you what, it wasn't whatever it is I bought from Target. 
lesson learned, $10 on hot chocolate. That wasn't even very good. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of the theme of today's episode. I had, uh, really nothing that I was like, you know what? I really want to talk about this. Um, cause I'm frustrated from the Blazers loss. So I'm coming down from that a little bit. The Blazers just played an absolute terrible game against the Brooklyn, the reeling Brooklyn Nets. Um, and I was like, you know what? Like what I'm, I want to, I'm sitting here in this side room and Kylie and Wells and the dogs are upstairs and I'm down here by myself. And I'm like, what am I going to talk about? And I mean, I've already filled eight and a half minutes of talking about nothing. So I think that's kind of what I'm going to talk about. Essentially nothing. I'm going to look around this room because I've got a, I got a closet full of stuff. I've got, uh, I've got a bookshelf to my left with some stuff on it. Um, and I'm going to just pick out random things that I see, kind of like a little ice spy. And I'm going to talk about uh, whatever comes to mind when I think of that particular item. So currently... I'm staring at, at the top of my closet, a uh, Risk board game. And it's the classic Risk, so it's like the map of the world with some old-timey colonial names for countries, which I'm surprised they really haven't updated at this point. But, you know, such is life. Um, and I have such a love-hate relationship with this game. So the first time I ever came across, it was ever introduced into the game Risk. I think I was in ooh, maybe th- fifth grade, maybe sixth grade. And um, my cousins from Oklahoma, who I was very close with, they always came up during the summers. And it was like the one thing I looked forward to, like one of the things I looked forward to most uh, as a kid uh, as a kid was when, when my cousins from Oklahoma would come up here and spend a week with us up here and we would just get into all sorts of shenanigans we'd do all sorts of st- it was just they were we were so close and it was so much fun and we uh coming back from fishing one day we stopped my dad who was driving stopped uh and we went into a garage we went to a garage sale and someone was selling an old risk old risk board with like a, yeah, i'm assuming missing pieces but we didn't know any different all we knew is that there were cannons and infantrymen and and cavalrymen and a map of the world and it was about world domination so we came up with all of our own uh all of our own rules and we played till our heart was content and then eventually we figured out how to play our we actually ended up figuring out um how to play uh with the rules we actually got it the next summer we got a set with an actual rule book and i started playing and then I introduced, and then I introduced it to some of the neighborhood friends, uh, friends from school, and we would play. And I wasn't a good. Sp- Eventually, I got to the point where I wasn't a good sport about it, and then nobody wanted to play Risk with me anymore, because I, if I said I flipped the board, and then ran home or kicked my friend if I wasn't if I wasn't home playing Risk, or if I. Uh, kicked everybody out of my house if we were playing at my house when I was losing um less than a dozen times I'd be a liar I was a (laughs) I was awful like I was a really really awful risk player I wasn't even good that's the thing is like I lost all of the time and but yet it somehow still shocked me when I lost and there's just something about (laughs) 
there's just something about rolling those dice and consistently losing like roll after roll after roll that eats at you especially when okay someone isn't like I feel like there is a way that you can like not really roll the dice right when someone's got a six and then they barely turn the the dice in their hands and then they just happen to keep rolling sixes come on that's a one in six chance that you're gonna roll a six and you've rolled a six three straight times why don't you uh i don't know shuffle those dice a little bit more in your hand you know get some shake weight shake weight action going on uh anyway that was my excuse for constantly losing but i always had the classic risk aboard my friend jonathan who lived down the uh street by three houses two houses two houses he had futuristic risk which had a moon you could go to the moon which was weird um that was kind of a fun one it had like robots instead of like infantrymen and then um my friend ryan who lived around the corner he had lord of the rings risk which was fun that was kind of a cool cool thing um any but yeah i I lost my fair share game of risk and, but I had a lot of fun doing it. I still love to play it. I have, I've always owned a board ever since that first board I bought at the, at the garage sale. Um, but yeah, I swiped the board way too many times as a, as a, uh, as a middle school, as a middle school kid when I started losing during the summers. But for some reason people would keep playing with me and I would keep promising I wasn't going to run home. And yet somehow when my I was getting beat by the dude who decides he's going to sit and build up on Papua New Guinea in Australia and then just and then go and conquer the world from there. That's such a cheap move. And if that's you, F you just straight F you if that's your strategy. I always thought I was going to hold Europe. And if one thing you can learn from history is trying to win a ground war in Europe and trying to hold Europe. Uh, it's usually a, like not real life has should have taught me that that isn't a good strategy to try to to try to do. But yet um, I kept trying to do that. So that is my love. Really. And, and what's fun is that uh, I mean, I've played it from every now and again throughout the years. Uh, I had a um, Kylie had a friend who came over and um, actually Matt Reeves played a couple times with us. We played. um Game of Thrones Risk, which is kind of cool to play on that map. Um, so yeah, it's a fun board game. If you've never played it before, it's a game of world domination. Um, you attack, you defend. It's all dice rolls. Um, it's a pretty basic game, like comparatively to some of the other games out there, like Settlers of Catan and um, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, which is a lot of fun too. Although I've only ever played that once. I only ever did one campaign. I don't even think we finished it. But, yeah, if anybody's ever down to play some Risk, I promise I won't swipe the board. But, uh, yeah, even, like, Jeff and uh, Matt, we met up at when we were in school. One sum- like, one of the summers we were on break, we met up at WSU Vancouver at the Student Center and uh, played some Risk up there. So, great game. Love to play it. Uh, definitely a, a mixed bag of memories with that and um, definitely not a lot of success at that particular board game. I'm not really a good board game player either. I love the th- 
I love the the idea of chess. Well, the other reason why I don't, one of the other reasons why I'd always lose at risk. This is why I, I remember I had said I wanted to talk about, but I hadn't got around to it. I lost a lot of times because I would make alliances with people and then be shocked when that person backstabbed me. And yet I would continue to keep going back and trusting people because I'm a loyal person and I would rather lose than backstab my partner. And yet it would still always end up happening to me. So screw everybody who isn't loyal to their risk partners. That's probably most people except me. I can always say I never, I never backstabbed an alliance um, in risk or in any board game for that matter. But I'm just not a good board game player. I never have been. I love the thought of chess. I love um, watching people play chess. I like playing chess, but my brain just does not work the way that your brain needs to work to be an effective chess player. I don't, I don't have, I don't know. My brain just does not see moves and counter moves. It's five, six, seven. Like I can have a, a strategy, but then like I get so tunnel visioned on my moves. That I forget. I don't see the rest of the board. And, and if I'm playing somebody who's decent, I'll get my ass kicked. And I usually do. Um, so, but yeah, as uh, speaking of chess, I have a Lego chess board that I built. Um, uh, Kylie and I were on, what were we doing? Were we on, was I on leave? Anyway, last Christmas, Kylie's aunt and uncle uh, bought me a Lego chess set, chess board, not the Harry Potter one, but uh, just a regular chess set. It was a lot of fun. I'm not really into Legos. Jeff is much more the Lego guy. Jeff has some really cool Lego builds, and he was showing me some of the. He just did the Sesame Street one, and he did Haunted Mansion. It's just some really cool stuff. Lego's killing it right now. Um, and so I built that, and that took me a couple days to do. That was fun. Like it's there's something to be said for like the monotony of it, and just kind of being able to shut off and build, and. Like, it's really cool. Some of the, the stuff that Jeff has built is really neat. Um, I liked it. I'm definitely not um, as into it as Jeff would be. And I'm definitely not spending the money on those, on how much, on, because some of those things are expensive. Like, a couple of, like, the Hogwarts, um, the Harry Potter Hogwarts ones, or Hogsmeade, or different stuff, that the Harry Potter related ones. They're like 150, 200 bucks for the whole set. And I'm like, that's cool. But. I'm, I just I can't justify it not quite my thing um, it is a lot of fun though um, and it's really cool but I like that I um, it's a pretty cool Lego chess set I really liked it had a lot of fun building it um, let's see what else here oh I've got um, three Hot Wheels these are the first Hot Wheels I've bought since my uh, my my childhood collection had sadly been st- sold from underneath me um i my friend um matt who has us so i have two friends me and jeff have a mutual friend named matt who we went to school with and we work with i have another friend named matt who i've been friends with for a very long time that we i hunt with and uh 
has been one of has been my best friend for a long time and uh, Matt's son turned two last Saturday and so we Kylie and I bought him his present and I was like you know what I need one more thing I just feel like the one thing we got him which was cool was like a little kid's golf set I was like there's just something else I need because what I mean little kids just want to open stuff I think um I don't know my my three-month-old can't do really anything right now he's just kind of a potato he just sits there and cries and screams at me but um and I know he really likes cars so I'm like I'm gonna go get him some Hot Wheels because I mean I loved Hot Wheels as a kid and I know he loves cars so I went to the store I went to Fred Meyer and they had a sale on Hot Wheels and I was like oh sweet and then I kind of fell back into the trap of Hot Wheel collecting and I spent way too much time um going from peg to peg because you know when like like Hot Wheels always are on end caps in the toy aisle right and they they're like usually like a six foot tall end cap like by like three feet and they're just jam-packed in there like there's gotta be 500 Hot Wheels on that end cap and I'm just going through and I don't know even know which one I'm googling like what Hot Wheels I used to know what all Hot Wheels what Hot Wheels were were worth money the ones that you want to look out for and now I mean I have no idea I've been out of the game for so long but uh so I was like sifting through and trying to find some cool ones and uh what was really neat was that uh for 2022 um they uh Hot Wheel came out with a five series Batmobile a five car series Batmobile series and it's uh, five different versions of the Batmobile. One of them being the new um, Robert Pattinson, uh, like Mustang looking one. And they've got like the classic um, kind of car, not the cartoon one, but the one that the, <laughs> the one that the, uh, the Kapow, Kapang, Holy Batfish, Batman, uh, really kind of the corny Batman and Robin show that was on a long time ago. Um, anyway, they have like five different ones. I was able to find three and I was sifting trying to find the other two. Then I had to get back on track because I then, well, then I started grabbing ones that I thought were cool. Then I'm Googling, trying to figure out which ones were worth anything and trying to look for them. Uh, note to anybody who cares, if you end up going through, um, ones that are always going to be worth money are part of the, every year Hot Wheel puts out a treasure hunt series. And it's usually like a five to seven maybe sometimes a little a few more cars that are called the super treasure hunts and every year it's specific to each year uh those are always worth money like that is like guaranteed those things are worth quite a bit more than like a face value i think like the minimum amount that a um, that a super uh, a treasure hunt series car is worth is like minimum $25 um, on eBay or wherever you're going to trade it into. Um, so like if you end up finding a super treasure hunt, those are the ones you want to grab. Fortunately, most people, uh, most, most of the time, those super treasure hunts never even get out of the back room most of the time uh, because collectors will pull those. People who are collectors will have friends that work in the stocking at, at most supermarkets. So if you end up finding one, it's usually like, that's pretty rare. 
Uh, and then they also don't put many out. I think of all the times my dad and I collected them when I was a kid, I found, I think we had at, mo- I think we had maybe when I sold my collection, I had 12 treasure hunts out of 2,500 cars in the collection. So, I mean, there you don't find them often. Um, anyway, so went back to the other day at, at Fred Meyer. I was like, oh, shit, I'm, I've got a, I had like, fi- at this point I had like 15 different cars in my, in my shopping cart. Cause I'm getting back into collecting. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just like, oh, that one looks cool. Oh, like, oh, I always like buying the motors, like the motorcycles or anything that wasn't an actual car. Uh, I would be like, oh, that, that's freaking awesome. I was like, by the time I got done, I would, like, I had Wells with me and like, I'm filling up the bottom of his, uh, bottom of his stroller with Hot Wheels. And I was like, I got to stop like this one. This is going to be $30 on Hot Wheels and I don't even collect anymore. So I started putting them back. I kept the three, the three of the five Batmobile cars that I found. I bought them for, I bought those for Jeff because he deserves them. And, uh, for being such a great friend and co-host, but, um, I needed to pick out a couple for my friend's son's birthday. And so I found three that I thought a kid would like. And one of them, I found another uh, Robert Pattinson Batmobile. And I was like, that's a cool car, regardless if you watch Batman or if you're too young to know what Batman is. Like, that's still a pretty badass Hot Wheel car. So I bought that and then a couple other, like, um, really colorful looking cars. Something that a kid would like, or I assume that a kid would like. Uh, and I'm like, it killed me because I was like, I never opened my Hot Wheels. I, I just, I, it was Hot Wheels. You don't open, you don't open. Those are, co- those are collectors. Just like, uh, just like Beanie Babies. You don't, I can never, I collect my Beanie Babies. You don't play with them. You don't, t- you don't touch the tag. All my tags, all my tags were in protectors. Uh, and you definitely don't pull the tags off of them. Just like Hot Wheels. You don't, you don't do You hang them on the wall and you look at them. You don't play with them and you definitely don't take them out of the package, but it was killing me knowing that whatever Hot Wheel I bought was going to be opened and it was going to be played with. <laughs> and what, and the, so when, um, my friend's son opened up my present, he opened ours last, uh, loved the cars. But the first thing he said to his dad was open. <laughs> And then Matt uh, opened all three of them and he was running around playing with his cars. And I was like, when he opened them, I was trying to explain to him. I was being such a nerd. I was like, this is Robert Pattinson's Batman Batmobile. And it's part of a collection. He didn't, I mean, one, he's two years old. He doesn't understand. He just knows it's car and he wants to play with it. And I'm sitting there trying to explain to a two-year-old the significance of this Hot Wheels series and why you'd want to collect it instead of open it. And alas, it was opened and it was played with and my heart broke a little because that's just who I am. And I'm going to have to get used to nice things being ruined because eventually my potato will be a two-year-old who wants to play with cars and will open his Hot Wheels. But we are growing up. Um, what else? Like, that is my... That's my Hot Wheels story. Oh, yeah. And also, it just it took me back to so many different memories because I used to like mix it up as like a I mean, I started I think I started collecting Hot Wheels when I was in third grade, maybe second grade. And um, I I would 
I would mix it up with full on with adults because I I don't know if anybody ever really understands. Um, I, don't, I don't think Hot Wheel collecting is as big as it was back in the early mid two thousands, but it was it was pretty ruthless back then. Like adults would get in fights over Hot Wheels at stock like stocking times. Everybody had the stocking times uh, kind of memorized at the stores, and stores would adopt rules about how you could um, like how you could buy hot wheels at stocking time like a lot of times they would like you couldn't touch a hot wheel until it got was taken out of like by the stalker was taken out of the box by the employee and then put on the peg and then it was fair game so you couldn't just grab the stuff out of the box and um i just i mean i remember me and my dad waiting in line outside of targets saturday mornings ready for the the doors to open so we could run back uh to see the check the the hot wheel stash in the morning and i like i was i foot raced adults to hot wheel um hot wheel sections in in uh in grocery stores um and i remember one time like my mom and i were christmas shopping at the fred meyer up in salmon creek and this is where I was just, it's ironic because that's where I was buying these Hot Wheels last Saturday. And I'm walking, like, I remember, I remember walking with my mom and we're about ready to check out. And I saw a dude with a shopping cart, like an employee with a shopping cart with like stacked to the, stacked over the top of the shopping cart with what, I mean, I recognize immediately were Hot Wheel or cases of Hot Wheels followed by about 10 grown-ass men following this guy to the toy section and I was like stock time so I like ditched my mom and my my mom's like where are you going and I said he's stocking Hot Wheels and this was like this was the year 2000 I always remember it because I still had three 2000 first editions I needed to get one was called the Roll Cage, and it was um, like this dune buggy-looking thing. One was a 2001 Silver Ford F-150, and the third was the mini was the first year that Hot Wheel ever put out a Mini Cooper. Um, and so I needed those three, and I remember coming up as they were opening, um, as they were the stalker was starting to open up the cases, and I went to go like reach in, and this this guy like stopped me. He goes, "No." rule is you can't touch him until it hits the um the peg so like i dip in because i was i mean i was still a kid at this point and i kind of weaseled my way to the front and i was sitting there like i was mixing it up with these with these grown men grabbing hot wheels and i didn't find um i didn't find the roll cage or the mini cooper but i did get my tooth out i did get to i did knock off the 2001 ford f-150 that night and I'll always remember that because I did score a couple other, not first edition series, but I did score um, a couple other from the other series from that year that I needed to mark off all of the cars from that year. Um, so that was a good haul. Um, that was one of my fun, fond memories of uh, Hot Wheel chasing as a kid. So I don't think it's as big as it used to be, which is kind of sad, but it's also probably good that grown men aren't hounding um, teenage uh, Fred Meyer employees as they're trying to stock the Hot Wheels, but uh, did, that did take me back a little bit. And looking at those Hot Wheels sitting on my desk, uh, waiting to be given to Jeff, kind of reminded me of that. And I wanted to share that story 
because I know I've talked a bit about my Hot Wheel collection that was so sadly sold when my parents sold my childhood home a couple years ago. And there was no place for them to go because who has room for almost 3,000 Hot Wheels? Anyway, um, let's see what else do I got here. Ah, yes, my paintball jersey. So I don't know if I've even talked about my uh, professional paintball career. Not professional. My my short-lived paintball career. Uh, I was really into competitive paintball. Like, not dressing up in camo and going into the woods with some friends and shooting at each other. Um, no, like, legit tournament style speedball paintball I played that a lot like that was my life from like middle school and high in early high school I played all of the time any sort of side jobs that I did mowing um, mowing lawns working at my out at my grandparents property like feeding their horses picking up after their horses picking up the barn mowing their mowing their pastures Everything I did in the summers and weekends to earn money, I used to fund paintball. Uh, I had a team, and we had a jersey, and I still have the jersey because, you know, uh, high school football stars didn't don't get rid of their Leatherman jackets, and I am not getting rid of my 32 degrees green and black uh, paintball jersey. 32 degrees is the, com- is the paintball company. I don't even think they're around anymore. Uh, with our team name embroidered on the back, or like steam printed on the back. Our team name was Mist, M-Y-S-T. And uh, we were pretty, like me and my friend, like it was a three-man, it was three-man, it was three-man, we were called Young Guns. So it was like under, I think it was under, you had to be under 16 to qual, like to be in the Young Guns uh, tournaments. But we played down in Malala at a place that's not there anymore, but it was called Weekend Warriors. And, uh, we played, we played a couple times, uh, we played at least, if we, not every weekend, like every other weekend, we played tournaments every other month for several years. And like, I was into pro paint, like I was in the pro paintball. I followed all of the pro teams and I still do today. I actually just watched, um, on YouTube, uh, they were live streaming the, uh, NXL professional paintball world cups. World Cup games and all of the it was funny because like the dudes who were the up and coming stars from Team Dynasty who's been like top team for such a long time they were top they were the top team when I was a kid um, and then just had a resurgence with a lot of the old dudes coming out of retirement like my favorite player as a kid just actually came out of retirement and played with Dynasty for the World Cup uh, it was weird it was funny because like Tom DeLong is back in the in uh, Blink-182, and Oliver Lang returned to Dynasty, both in 2022, and I was like, is this 2002 or 2022? Uh, Because that was um, both, I mean, Blink was in their heyday in 2002, and uh, Dynasty was just kind of starting on the rise in the paintball circuit in 2002, and I remember following Dynasty on the rise, and it was cool to, it's really nostalgic to, uh, to see that again, so I had to I went and dug out my old paintball jersey to relive old times. I didn't put it on. I'm not that much of a nerd, um, but it was it was fun too. I've since gotten rid of all my paintball old paintball gear, but I still hold on to that jersey for old times' sake, just in case you know I want to go 
go dust it up a little bit and get out there and shoot some paint. Uh, I did play on my, um, well, I, the only time I played recently at all was for my, um, uh, my bachelor party. We, a couple of us went down and played and it was definitely fun to, uh, to get back out there and kind of mix it up a bit, uh, get hit again. It had been a while since I had felt the sting of a paintball. Um, it, uh, it made me definitely want to keep playing, but then you realize the cost of it all. And oh my God, uh, just, I was trying to price out guns and what it would cost to try to even like, cause there's not really even in any fields to play at anymore around here. Um, so it's just like, there's one kind of down towards Salem, but then I mean, just such a pain in the ass to go to and like, who are you going to play with? And, um, I just, I definitely still miss that. And you, every once in a while you have that, like that nostalgia kind of creep up and I go and I look at, like how much would it cost for me to outfit myself with like a good gun? But that was the kind of the one letdown. It's like I had good equipment when I was playing a lot as like you know younger kid, um, and then I was using rent because I had gotten rid of all my old stuff um, just because it wasn't working anymore and it was all old and out of date by 2022. Um, and I was we I used rental. We used rentals last year at my bachelor party, and uh, it it sucked. <laughs> It was fun to play, but it sucked playing with rental gear. But um, I would love to get out and play again. It would be so much fun to go out and play uh, with people. And because uh, we were we were playing only three on two, it'd be kind of fun to get out and play like some five on five and stuff like that. It'd be kind of cool to go play some speedball again. Um, so that was my career and my career in paintball. Um, let's see what else do I got here? Ah, my cameras. Um, I've have my three cameras sitting on my desk right now. I have a Fujifilm X-T3, a Sony a7R2, and a Nikon D7100. Uh, the Fujifilm actually isn't mine. I borrowed that two years ago from uh, <laughs> my old boss at Fisherman's who... Um, owned all of the nicest photography equipment, but I don't think ever took a picture with any of it. He loaned the Fujifilm to me to go on my hike, um, actually for my birthday, actually it'll be two years this Saturday that Carter and I left at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday, drove down, or Thursday, on a Wednesday, sorry, it was Thursday morning. We drove down uh, to Smith Rock, got to Smith Rock at about 3.30 in the morning, started our hike up misery ridge in the pitch dark in the middle of november it was freezing um got to the top of smith rock and then waited for sunrise and um if anybody wants to see the picture of that i had just actually just reposted it um on my own instagram at uh, j.r underscore jokum uh, you can see the picture that I took of that from Misery Ridge overlooking the Crooked River. And uh, I used that Fujifilm camera to take to take that photo. Uh, and I just ended up uh, forgetting to... <laughs> I kept it from working. I just kept using it because it was such a good camera. And it was better than my Nikon. It's a mirrorless camera, which uh, mirrorless gives you so much better so much better image quality. So much less noise, especially when you're shooting long exposure. Um because what happens is, is with a with a mirrored camera, is when you hear that that shutter that click, the mirror pops 
up and you get that click well with any sort of movement especially with long with long shutter speeds any sort of rattle and even if the most minute even with minute amount of rattle um will cause a little bit of shake and uh, what you get when you get kind of uh, noise is when you get in a in a camera image it almost looks grainy and you get that with long exposure or if your camera is trying to uh, take pictures in low light so when you have you're trying to take a photo of say a waterfall and you want to get that really nice misty looking water where it's everything is uh, it looks like water the water looks like mist instead of well water um, you've got usually have to use a long shutter speed to get that well sometimes the conditions are going to be brighter and you can't get those long shutter speeds without overexposing the water where it just looks completely over where it looks overexposed like overexposed where it's just literally just white and it doesn't look it just looks terrible so to get that nice flow you got to have perfect exposure with not underexposing the the underexposing the water because water is reflective so it's going to reflect the light so you have to find balance of not underexposing the non-reflective stuff like well basically the the banks or trees or whatever that's around the the water um but also by having enough um exposure to be able to get that nice flow so a lot of times what you'll do is you'll put a, a, a you'll screw a neutral density filter which is like a darkening filter to the front of your lens and um but that's gonna because it's darkening and it darkens your um your uh your lens by anywhere from five to ten f stops so that's essentially app that's aperture sizes and usually it would take if you were using maybe a half second shutter and you put a neutral density filter on there with five stops that's going to give you the ability to what would normally be a maybe a half second shutter without um, without overexposing allow you to take a five second um, shutter um, a five second shutter speed photo which gives you a lot better flow and a little bit better image quality but the problem is is with a um, you start getting especially in into astrophotography or knife any sort of night photography when you've got lower light um, and you're using long exposure at, at night is that in your like high ISO which is how much available light that you're um, how sensitive your camera sensor is to light is your ISO and so how much light it can actually gather and how sensitive it, it'll be to the surrounding ambient light so if you up you're upping you're trying to make your camera more sensitive to light you're upping the shutter speed allowing the camera to be open long the shutter to be open longer to allow more light to come in your apertures open your so apertures of the opening of your cameras open more the problem is with that is with a mirrored camera is when that you get that click and it creates just a minimal amount of vibration in the comp- in the camera you're going to get a little bit of you're going to get a lot of grain in your colors and having a mirrorless camera takes away that mirror and it's a lot more expensive camera to make so the cost goes way up well the Fujifilm is a really nice mirrorless camera and I wanted to keep using it. I just kept using it. Well, then I quit Fisherman's <laughs> uh, and then I haven't been back to Fisherman's since I quit and I just have forgotten to uh, bring to give that Fujifilm back. And you, you ever get to that point where it's you've put off something for so long that it'd just be awkward to acknowledge it. That's kind of where I am with this camera. I really need to give it back. 
because it's going to look like I stole it. And I didn't technically steal it. I know it's not mine, and I'm not even using it because I bought my dream camera in the Sony, uh, which is also a mirrorless. And it's a higher megapixel camera than the Fujifilm, so it's basically rendered the Fujifilm. Um, it's basically uh, not useless, but it's redundant at this point. Because um, the nice thing about the Fujifilm is that it's a, but it's also a crop sensor. What that means, if anybody cares, is that you're, if you have a crop sensor versus full frame, a crop sensor is going to, um, is going to, when you take the photo, it actually um, crops down the actual image. Crop sensors are cheaper uh, than full frame, uh, but a crop sensor will, so say you take something at a 10 uh, millimeter app, 10 millimeter um you have it at a 10 millimeter uh, lens size. So say you're you're, um, uh, you're using 10 millimeters of zoom, and which would be really wide angle. 10 millimeters is way, way too open. But say just for easy math, it it's basically one and a half times magnification with a crop sensor because when you take the image at 10 millimeters of zoom, it's actually 15 millimeters because the sensor to fit the captured image to the sensor crops it down a bit uh, to be able to fit this to be able to fit the image onto the sensor and then record it to the um, to your memory card uh, a full frame doesn't do that a full frame doesn't will give you the actual um, doesn't crop at all and it'll if you shoot at 10 millimeters it gives you a 10 millimeter image which is super wide angle and when you're a landscape photographer like I am, I wanted a full frame. The crop sensor was kind of frustrating at times because especially if I wanted to, um, if I wanted to uh, have a, a little bit bigger, uh, not as much of a focal range, or I wanted to capture. I, I was like a lot of times with a crop sensor, even though it's at the the the, um, the lens that's on the Fujifilm is 16 millimeters. Um, that's going to be 24 millimeters of zoom. And sometimes I was just getting, I couldn't quite get the full panoramic or the full um, peripheral shot on big landscapes that I wanted. I would get stuff cut off. Or if I was trying to take a photo of a, of a particular waterfall, and I couldn't quite get everything in, in, the, in the, no matter where I placed my camera. Because like one of the, the rules of landscape photography is move, don't zoom. So the nice thing about that Fujifilm is it was a fixed 16, so it made you zoom with your feet. But the issue also then is is that even if you, even because of the crop sensor, there's going to be times where no matter where you end up setting up, you can't quite get the the image the the right, um, like I don't know the 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 right the right image that you're looking for but then my sony is a full frame so i don't get that crop and it's a 17 so it's a true 17 um to it's a pretty limited 17 to 20 it's a very it's a cheaper lens it's only cheap not be, it's only cheap not because of the glass quality but they they keep the glass quality high but the cost low they skimp in some areas so it's a very limited um variable zoom range um but that's fine. I'm not going to shoot over 27 anyway with with uh, landscape. So that is kind of a uh, <laughs> sorry to get a little technical on the camera stuff there. Uh, oh goodness, we're already at a little over 40, almost 47 and a half minutes. That's crazy. Time flies when you're talking. 
Um, so kind of some updates on Wells because I'm sitting here looking at his high chair. Um, he's too young to, he's too, still too small to sit in it. Yeah, we tried propping him up yesterday, uh, when we were eating dinner. Um, because I, I'm sitting at my, at our dinner table right now, and his little high chair is sitting next to me. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was cute trying to see him sit up in that, but he's just a little too small right now to still fit in his high chair. And he's such a cranky little guy. Oh, sorry for. It's almost midnight, so I'm a little tired. But uh, he's uh, he he's just been he's been a, a ch- I I don't know how to say it, a blessing slash challenge. I have so many mixed emotions with uh, with a baby who's been colicky and as difficult as he is. Obviously, I I, I love him to death, and he's. Uh, He's everything I could have wanted for and hoped for, but I, I am, it's, uh, it's tough. Like, I'm just going to level with every, like everybody who's listening. Cause you know, it's, uh, there's one thing that Jeff and I have always tried to be is completely honest and truthful with our listeners. And I think that's why people keep listening to us is that I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm not going to tell you stuff is easy or stuff is wonderful when it's not, or, um, it's it's been hard like, mentally it's been hard for me to get into this fatherhood role and I feel really guilty about that because so many people say you know oh when you saw him for the first time that it just completely changed your life I'm like yeah it, I mean it it did but I from the way that people said it my my um my assumption was that it was going to be this, like, I, I don't know, like somebody holding up the Holy Grail. And it's just like, all of a sudden, like it, it just, uh, it's just awe inspiring thing. And for me, it's been a longer process, I think, to kind of get to that. And he's starting to smile. He's starting to be more interactive and, um, and it's every, all of the, the shitty days and all of the, all of the, the the really hard mental aspect of this because it's hard it's hard because then I feel like a complete shithead because I'm like why why can't I why haven't I had that like moment where it's just like you know it's like I don't know like I there's just times where I have to almost remind myself I'm a dad and that's just weird to me but then it started getting better and it's getting better and I'm, I'm doing better. I'm getting more attached to him and every day it's, it's getting better. And, um, and he just, uh, with him being more interactive and smiling more and him doing better, his call his he's still uncomfortable. He's starting to teeth now. Like as soon as we get over the colic, now he starts teething or like, feel like he's teething early. It's already, his, he already has his front teeth coming through um, he looks so funny with like, he can lift up his gums and he just got his two little teeth coming through and, it, and he just looks so funny, but he's just such a funny little, happy little kid. And it's just, it's amazing to keep, uh, um, it's, 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 it's just, it's absolutely amazing to, to see that transformation with him. And I'm just so happy to, um, to be a part of that. And 
one of my favorite things to do is ask him. Uh, it's it's kind of a running it's a running joke with him and I because we I ask him like I'm like Wells, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he just always just busts up and like in this well he like he's like usually like serious and i ask him what he's doing like what are you doing and then he like just just smiles like super big and like kind of like lunges his head for like he's like like that's kind of him like laughing and it like it every single time i ask him what he's doing he has like this super uh a super happy reaction and it's and then um my my reaction is is like oh, it gets him every time and it's funny because he doesn't he doesn't even know what he's doing because he's a potato. Um, it is funny because he doesn't know what he's doing because he's three months old and he just doesn't know what he's doing. But it's so funny just because he doesn't know what I'm saying. But it's so funny to to get that kind of reaction out of him. And I just I don't know. I, it's been a long process and it feels good to finally start getting there um, as a dad um raising a, th- a three month old and uh getting there from where I was has been like I said it's been a challenge and I hope that there anybody who's listening who's maybe hasn't had that hallmark reaction hallmark greeting card reaction to becoming a dad um that you're not alone uh, at least <laughs> there's me who has uh, struggled with kind of finding your role, getting into the headspace of that role, um, knowing where to put your hands. I, it's I always say like one of the hardest things about getting a new job or being on a date is knowing where to put your hands. It's like all of a sudden like you just you look you just feel so awkward you don't know what to do and I kind of felt like that was me the first two and a half, three months of Wells's life is, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to pick. I don't know how to, I don't know how to pick him up. I don't know how to feed him. Everything I'm doing is wrong. Oh my God. He hates me. I'm a terrible dad. Um, and so it's not, you're not alone. And I hope there's anybody who isn't a father who, when you become a father, uh, in any, whatever capacity that is, um, that you, uh, however it happens, you know that you're not alone. It's everybody else. Everybody's path is their own path. And it's a constant, it is, a, it can be a struggle and it's okay that it's a struggle. Um, I have to keep reminding myself that because I get really down on myself a lot. Um, but it's, um, I'm get you know I'm getting there and you'll get there. I do believe that and I believe in you because you guys are the greatest. If you're listening to us, um, if you're listening to us. I hope that uh, I hope that you guys get something out of this podcast because I love doing it and I know Jeff loves doing it and I love doing it with Jeff. And um, yeah, I think I might just kind of wrap it up there. I've got a lot of other things I could talk about, like my vacuum cleaner um, that I got from my grandpa. It's an old... I didn't even know they still made these vacuum cleaners. I figured those all vacuum cleaners now were like the... What were the... Uh, like the wind tunnel style vacuum cleaner, the bagless ones. 
But I was wrong because my grandpa, my grandpa Westby, um, gave Kylie and I his old vacuum cleaner, his vacuum cleaner, which he bought for his apartment and never used, um, is a bag vacuum cleaner. And I don't even know how to change the bag on it. And I still haven't changed the bag on it. And I'm kind of afraid to use it because I'm afraid that if I use it, it's going to catch on fire because I have vacuumed up so much dog hair. Thankfully, where Kylie and I are living right now is mostly all hardwood floors. But I also, I don't have an actual couch cleaner. So when I use it, I vacuum our couch. Has anybody ever done that? Like dog owners out there. Have you ever just picked up a vacuum, like a floor vacuum, and ran it over the top of your couch? I realize that probably is very ghetto, but I don't really have any other option. And when you have two golden retrievers that literally, I, I don't think they stop shedding. They're supposed to, they get their winter coats, but yet they still shed. I don't get it. it there's just fur everywhere. So I got to do something. I mean, we live in a society. I can't have, can't have a completely nasty couch. Sometimes we have visitors, not often, but we back. Anyway, I look like a real idiot picking up my floor vacuum with two hands running it across the couch cushions, like the vertical, like the back cushions with a floor vacuum. Um, uh, looking at some of, uh, Wells's clothes that he's not, hasn't quite grown into. That's one of my favorite things with Wells is dressing him. I get, I'm, I love dressing him in nice, like nice clothes. Like that kid looks fly. Um, we've been lucky that we have people in our lives that have given, that have <laughs> bought him a lot of clothes, but we've also bought him a lot of clothes. He, that he has he's gonna dress well um when he gets older and he can pick his own clothes he can dress however he wants but when he is solely at the disposal of my mercy uh i want to dress him in really cute fly looking clothes because he's a baller and he needs to dress like a baller um let's see what else i'm looking around my room here um I've got the, I got the, I've got a exercise, I got the big exercise ball because that's like one of the only ways to get Wells to calm down is to bounce him on the bouncy ball. We call it the bouncy bouncy and you just sit on the exercise medicine, like the big exercise ball and you bounce while you're holding him and that seems that usually, not always, usually gets him to calm down when he's in one of his screaming fits. Um, let's see here. What else we got? I, uh, I'm pretty cozy right now, so I don't know if like it's warm. I kind of warm. I got the heater going. I've got a blanket. I lit what I lit my lavender candle. Just finished a cup of hot cocoa. I'm feeling pretty good. Hope you guys are all cozied up listening to Jake thoughts. I think we're gonna wrap it up here in just a second, unless I can't find something else to talk about. Ah, yes. A uh, picture of, I think the la- this will be the last thing. Oh, no, I've got two more things. So I've got um, pictures of the dogs. So Tucker and Bo. 
Uh, I don't talk about them as much as I should or on on here as much as I probably should. Uh, so shout out to my two amazing golden retrievers who are very weird. Um, if anybody's ever met them, I think you would agree that they're weird dogs, but I, I love them. They are just, they're just absolutely, I mean, everybody says about their dog. I mean, so that's subjective, right? But to me, they're, they're just, they're, they're just the best. They're my best, they're like my best friends. And we went hiking yesterday and just had a great day in the gorge looking at leaves, chasing falling leaves, throwing sticks, doing some swimming. We went swimming in um, Eagle Creek. It was cold. Um, we're trying to get across. I mean, I wasn't swimming. They were swimming. I was trying to wade across Eagle Creek uh, to get to Punchbowl Falls. Didn't quite work. Uh, a little too deep. Um, couldn't quite get there with the rapids. Didn't want to push it. Um, but uh, so I've got we've got pictures of the dogs on the beach. Bo loves the beach. Um, they're both golden retrievers. Uh, they're about a half year apart from each other. So. Uh, Tucker will be five in February. Bo turned four in June. So Bo's about four and a half. Tucker's about four, almost five. Um, next to the tug, next to the picture on the beach at Rockaway Beach is one of, that's Kylie and I's favorite beach uh, to go to just because it's more, a little more off the beaten path. Uh, it's not as packed as Seaside and not as touristy as Cannon. Um, and it's pretty cheap to stay at. Like, we always stay at the Surfside Inn. Pretty reasonable pricing. Not a, I mean, it's a, it's a beach hotel, right? It's not, uh, not going to be anything super fancy, but it's nice. It's right along the, right on the beach. And Rockaway is nice. It's flat, um, easy to get to there's enough around that makes it fun you got the jetty tillamook not too far away so uh it's it's a good it's a good little beach um we have a picture of uh this is kind of a funny story we have a picture of the family who originally adopted Bo with uh puppy Bo being held by them so what, how we ended up with this picture and it looked, people just look at this and like, why do you have a picture of random people with a dog? Well, that's Bo. And that's our only baby picture of Bo, uh, because we adopted him when he was five months, um, from a family who, uh, who just couldn't care for him uh, the way he needed to be cared for. And they were going to rehome him and, uh, we fostered him. Uh, well, we said we were going to foster him. Uh, and the second I got him home, that was never going to be the case. I wasn't ever, I was never letting Bo go at that point. Cause, um, he was just so sweet. And anyway, so when we, uh, when the dog, when Bo turned one, the owners of Bo's parents, originally Bo's name was Cash. When we adopted him, his name was Cash, which, um, that's a terrible dog name in my opinion. So we changed it to Bo because he's just a Bo, um, I mean, he's, you know, if you just look at him, he's, he's, he looks like a bow. He does not look like a cash. Anyway, um, Bo, uh, when Bo turned one, uh, we got an invite from the owners of the parents of Bo's parents wanting to have a one year anniversary for the litter. So all of Bo's brothers and sisters showed up and of course, Bo being the neurotic dog that he is, um, was just, uh, 
was <laughs> he kind of had a rough time uh but he still um he got to meet his mom and dad and then um met some of his brothers and sisters like saw his other brothers and sisters i think he i don't know if he ever remembered them that's those were that was just weird but anyway they the parents took a picture of all of the people the day that they picked up their puppy for the first time and since we weren't the ones who picked him up as a puppy the owners of the parents were like well this is the picture of Bo when he got picked up don't know if you want it or not and kylie took it i would have left it but kylie took it and Ever since, uh, the picture of Puppy Bo has always been prominently displayed uh, in our home uh, because that is the it's the only baby picture we have. All these pictures of Tuck as a puppy, but it's our only picture of little Puppy Bo. Um, we still call him Puppy Bo because he has he I he will he will be six years old, seven eight. He'll be on his deathbed and he will still have the heart of a puppy. Um, I was. Uh, he's starting to get gray on his chin a little bit and up and around his snoot and it's making me sad because people keep pointing it out and I'm asking people that Bo I'm telling people that Bo asked me to let people know to not bring it up because he's very self-conscious about it Um, and so I told him I'm going to try to find him some just for dog uh, to help him with that gray Um, so he can he can dye his hair and be young again um it's a bad joke. Anyway. Um, and lastly, uh, the picture of Kylie and I's wedding, our photo uh, on the beach. We actually got married at Rockaway. Uh, this is a PSA from Rock- of Rockaway Beach, Oregon. Uh, I uh, This episode brought to you by Rockaway Beach, Oregon. No, really, though. It's a, it's a great little town. We got married in Rockaway, Um on the beach, just a little small wedding during COVID, uh, which was perfect. I mean, that's just mine and Kylie's, uh, that's mine and Kylie's speed, small, intimate with the people that matter to us. And it was amazing, uh, having ever, like the people we did invite, having them there, uh, it was such a special time and getting to marry my best friend, the actual greatest person in my life. Um, so looking at that, it was, it's us and in, I was originally disappointed. I had planned out everything about what time we were going to get married, uh, the tides, the sunset. I was like, I, was, I had this all planned perfect. And then, of course, the one day it rained last year and the freaking Armageddon, the Satan's asshole that was last summer because it was so freaking hot all summer long. The one day it rains at the coast was the day of our wedding day. But it ended up being absolutely perfect and what Alanis Morissette saying and it's ironic that it's rain on your wedding day uh, as if that's a bad thing but for us I think it was perfect because honestly what's a northwest beach without some rain and some gray clouds and this really nice like soft mist uh, kind of settled in on the beach and it created for just this great atmosphere and it ended up working out better than the light uh, than having the set the setting sun because uh, it really cut down on the field of view so it made it a lot more intimate um a lot more really dreamy aesthetic just amazing amazing view and then obviously kylie in her dress um and being able like seeing her for the first time and we did a whole first look thing with our photographer and uh spending i will always love and cherish the 
half hour that Kylie and I got before uh, the ceremony. And then after the ceremony, it was just us and our photographer um, having our photos taken and just kind of being fully in that moment um, was just such an amazing, uh, such an amazing, uh, it was just the best time. And uh, with that particular photo, um, it were this particular photo where um, it was after everybody had left the beach and went back to the beach house that my parents, we had rented um, for the, my parents had helped us rent. Um, we had a lot of help from our parents. My parents made that whole thing possible, which is just amazing of them. But um, the they had all went back to eat at Moe's Crab Shack. Uh, the Moe's, the Mo's, not Moe's Crab Shack. It's not Joe's Crab Shack. Moe's uh, Seafood, uh, which is an institution of the Oregon coast. Uh, they have a mobile food truck and they catered... Uh, our wedding which was really cool really kind of a neat thing to have pretty unique um, we didn't get to enjoy any of that because by the time we got back up from our photos everything was kind of still everything was kind of cold at that point but it didn't really matter we weren't eating anyway but this particular photo was just it was just us uh in front of our uh our arch that we had down there and um it's just my favorite it's just my favorite photo as a photographer I've taken, I, I mean, I'm looking at all, I have a lot of my artwork up around me, uh, and the, they all bring such great memories, but there's not a single photo that's hung up anywhere or exists on any of my memory cards that will ever beat that particular photo. So, um, yeah, that's that. Sorry for getting sappy. I hope you guys liked this. It's, I would assume that regardless of how bad this ended all ended up, uh, or how, if anybody's even still listening, that uh, it's at least better than hearing me talk about the primaries from August. So, uh, I love all you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is say what you mean podcast slash Jake thoughts. So thank you guys very much. And Jeff and I will hopefully be back together next week. Anyway, talk to you guys later. Bye.